Inverse Genius Episode 86, Fast Food and Groceries. In this episode, Bruce is joined by Chris Michaud to talk all about... Well, you're going to have to really listen, but it's all about food reviews on YouTube and arty grocery store. Hey, if you like what you hear and you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash obg. Everything that comes in from there goes to cover our monthly podcasting costs, which we appreciate. Thanks. Fortnightly, I am your guide through this adventure. Uh, I'm Bruce. You're not going to hear the normal voices of Don or Eric. Uh, feel free to complain to them about what's happened, that I've been allowed to hijack this thing. I promise you their soothing voices will be back, and with it, some amount of normalcy and structure. Uh, as you know, if you've ever listened to the show, I'm not a structure guy, so we're just going to jump into this. Once again, it's fortnightly, about every two weeks or so, we talk about things that we like and we want to talk to you about, and I am joined by one of my favorite people in all of, of the universe, none other than the the actor who played your moderator, Chris, on six seasons <laughs> of Flip the Table, Chris showed. Chris, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. It is great to make another excuse to report a, record a podcast to hang out with my buddy Bruce. That is, right. uh, that's what I do in life is, is people I haven't caught up with in a while. I just bring them podcast topics <laughs> because, because former podcast hosts will do anything but go to therapy. So that's, <laughs> that's what we're doing today. Exactly. That's how it works. And you know, you've taught me once again, we'll be mushy for a second. You're the person that's that's taught me, and it's never worked. It doesn't stick. It doesn't stick with anyone, but I try to explain to them that a phone call is a podcast when you don't have to make content, and none of them will listen. Uh, there is a show both you and I have done called Cult Classic Callback. Yes. Where I they, they're on their final run of going they're, through their, their like, world hey, tour. Yeah. Now, they were like, we tried to make a thing out of it. This wasn't nearly as profitable as we thought it would be. <laughs> it, di it didn't work. It's not making money. And I said, well, I really loved doing this with you. You know, at some point we could just call each other and talk. <laughs> and they said, yeah, have a great night, Bruce. <laughs> Whoops, I got to go paint the refrigerator. See you later. Right. Um, yeah, so I listened to your, uh, your Blues Brothers episode. That was pretty great. Uh, good to get that perspective on the Blues Brothers that I did not have before with all the sort of historical stuff around yeah. it. So it was worth it that for that much. Uh, I am going to be visiting with them sometime in the next month or two. They're kind of bringing all the old uh, five timers yeah. back to do one. So I won't spoil uh, what I'm going to bring to them. But when we do that episode, it'll be like, how has anybody not seen this yet? So it'll be uh, it'll be a good time. There are a shocking number of holes. Like, I understand why they chose the premise, because I would go after movie after movie. No, we haven't seen that. No, we haven't seen that. No, I'm like, well, do you want to change it? And they're like, we already told everybody it's the Blues Brothers. Let's do it. And I was like, uh-oh, I haven't watched it, and I don't know how bad it ages. Because <laughs> I almost wanted to do uh, Brewster's Millions. And I was like, but I'm terrified because it's Richard Pryor, who I love Richard Pryor, but like his You, stuff you don't know. 30-year-old Richard Pryor stuff uh, <laughs> is not the same as you remember it. That's, no. Yeah. And his whole catalog either ages amazingly or horribly. <laughs> and there is no middle ground. So you're like, it's either going to be pretty inspiring or I'm going to have to apologize through the whole episode that, you know, like nine year old me really thought it was clever that he bought the inverted Jenny stamp and used it to mail a letter. 
So that is uh, a shadow for cult classic callback, I guess. That's just kind of a timeless show, too. That's one of those that you can go back and listen to even long after it's canceled. And uh, uh, it'll be it'll be a good time. Absolutely. And that gave us the bit of structure that Donald loves to do here, which is let's talk about something that happened in the past. Well, at least we added another thing and a thing we both could talk about. Um, so we talked about when we, off the air before we started about what order we would do things in. And in a rare twist, I am going to open up the episode to talk about a thing that makes me excited because there isn't a lot of meat on the bone, but I really love it. Uh, and it is a YouTube channel called Joe is Hungry. Joe is, is Hungry. Joe is hungry, and I'm going to guess by the pacing and the, the, the tone of your voice, it is not a thing you've heard of. Never, never heard of it. So here's the deal. Joe is hungry. First, there's Joe, and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get his last name because I can't remember what his last name is, but Joe is, we're going to, I'm going to try to dodge being ageist here, but we're talking <laughs> about YouTube, so I think talking about the fact that he's an older guy is worth discussing because YouTube is such a, a young space in most cases. With very few, you know, you get your occasional Tom Vassals here that are in a sub-market, but like for being popular, in most cases, it's Mr. Beast. It's like, oh man, he's 26. I don't know if he's got another year or two left. It's like being a professional athlete. Uh, Joe's got to be mid-50s. Mid-50s, I don't think older than mid-50s, but his whole deal is, is he goes and eats whatever thing at a fast food restaurant everyone's talking about. Uh, okay, he comes, so he's... He, he just eats just uh, is it like uh, food challenges or something like that? Or is he just eating whatever people think is cool? He's eating whatever people think is cool. So, for instance, I'm going to read you just a couple of things he's covered recently. Uh, Fazoli's new pizza baked pasta review. Taco Bell's new chicken enchilada burrito review. Wendy's new loaded nacho cheeseburger review. These are like the last in the last 10 days. He's covered yeah. these three. So he kind of goes, hey, it's the new thing. OK, I'll try it. Here's the deal. Joe produces this show. Chris, you and I have both made a lot of content. Yes. And you know the difference between a person that loves making content and a person that is good at making content. And those are not all the time the same person. Not always the same thing. No. no. Uh, the great thing about these forums is that anybody can do it. And the worst thing about these forums is that anybody can do it. Yes. And if you are a seasoned pro... After a while, you can watch a seasoned pro that is still very good become passionless. But they're just so good at it that like it does. It's like when you see a comedian, you know, that's in like their fifth album and you're like, it just doesn't hit like it used to. But at the end of the day, you're still a really good comedian. I would say that is true of a lot of YouTubers. Uh, for me, the ones that I always like to kind of go to for this feeling for me are Rhett and Link. Rhett and Link are very good at the show they make. But I feel like you can often watch them just not care about what they're doing. But they're so dynamic and so much fun. And there's so many highly paid professionals in the back to make it all work out that it's still a great show, even though they're not into it. So it's uh, kind of like uh, when the cast of Saturday Night Live had a really good couple of years. Yep. And then it's just you have a few people who are on one year too many. They're good at what they do. It's clear yes. they're good at what they do. Uh, but you can tell. Or, or maybe like John Cena at last WrestleMania. That is a good example for me. Yep. Um, he, he was there. He clearly is better than any of us at this. Yes. But it's, it's not the John Cena you're used to. And it's not. You can tell his passion is other places. Yeah. And I don't. And once again, furthermore, just to cover this for everybody, I don't blame him. 
if I was also in four different Hollywood movies and the voice of pistachio peanuts, I wouldn't care so much about throwing myself at the ground professionally. So I don't want to, you know, this is not no, no besmirching. Yeah. Maybe a little besmirching. He's rich. Yeah. He's, he can take it. He's fine. He'll be um, all right. Yeah. Uh, Joe is what happens if you love what you're doing at every moment. So he will introduce the food. Then he introduces a hundred people that are having birthdays. <laughs> uh, he also begins all this. He calls himself Furry Cat Productions. He is not a production company. He does this so he can film videos of his cats running around chasing string or climbing stuff before his show starts. Uh, he then tells you exactly what he'll be getting. He explains to you what the weight of it is supposed to be, how much it is supposed to cost, how caloric it is supposed to be. He will then explain to you at a per ounce cost how much this fast food should be costing you. But he will remind you, until we get the official Joe is Hungry Waits, we don't know what in the world is going to happen. <laughs> we- hold up, hold up, hold up for a second. Yeah. So, so before he even goes yes. to the place, yep. he is putting the tail of the tape Yes. For whatever fast food item it is. Absolutely. <laughs> but approaching it with the skepticism of yes. somebody who weighs their fast food. Oh, Chris, the amount of tests this man does. You don't even understand. Yes. He, he explains to you what it's supposed to be. And then he says, okay. And he tells you exactly where in Alpharetta, Georgia or wherever. He's at the church's chicken in Alpharetta, Georgia. He pulls up in his, uh, like, Near as I can tell from something I saw in another thing he did, he has another channel that I've never watched where he rebuilds old Volkswagens. So he drives one of his old Volkswagens through the <laughs> drive through to pick it up. And you're with him where he's going, yeah, I'll take uh, three chicken enchilada burritos. Yeah, I ordered them earlier. He, we're seeing this with four cameras in the car because he does cut <laughs> shots. There's one outside facing him. There's one at the passenger. There's one on the side. There's caught cameras everywhere. He then uh, gets it and then he immediately pulls off, pulls out a chef's thermometer, sticks it in the stuff he just bought, <laughs> tell you if it's the proper temperature. He will then tell you if it passes Joe's temperature check and... So we're gonna. I'm gonna make a very specific reference, Chris, and I think you might get it. But if not, I know people out there will. If you've watched any of the most recent decade of the uh, People's Court, Doug Llewellyn over the years has gotten very catty. He's just become <laughs> a catty old man. That is what Joe is. Joe will tell you temperature 131 degrees. I hope I live through this. <laughs> Or it'll be, you know, 207 degrees. I'd burn my mouth, but I do know I'm going to be safe, Church's Chicken. Today you pass the Joe is Hungry temperature check. <laughs> we then go back. We, we leave that shot. We go back to his, like, main production office, which near as I can tell, I think, is the side of a professional garage. He's already the- he's already done more than he needs to. He's got yes. four cameras in the car. Yeah. That and- shot is, that is a five-second shot. Yes. Not for Joe, it isn't. Not for Joe, it's not. This is why I love it. No, it isn't. Then you get back to his main shot, which is three cameras, and he cuts between them. He'll talk to the center camera, then turn, talk to the left camera, go back to the center camera, talk to the right camera. Uh, Today, I'm eating the quesarito from Domino's. 
We know how we feel about Domino's. They're not usually very good, but they're usually very cheap. Now, you can't see this. Chris can see this. Every single break in a statement is a look at a new camera that he edits together. Then he, he does like an MTV uh, cutaway introduction of the food where he spins it on a turntable and then like shows you various levels of deconstruction and wrapping and unwrapping. The kind of thing that would have been like a bumper to like a 1980s either like cartoon block or that's how I can best describe it. He spins it with an above shot down on it. And then like it loses the wrapper and it's the top of the bun and then it's the meat. And then it's the like, like all a the Nickelodeon the sort yeah. of interstitial. Yes. Which he will then do. Then he pulls out a giant buck knife. It's got to be a good solid <laughs> 16 inches and he waggles it around but he cuts the video at such a weird pace that it looks like it's made out of rubber <laughs> and then he cuts the burger to show you he's cut the burger and then he takes a diet coke sips it throws it off camera so it slides away so, and this is every time this is not one video i'm describing to you the format of every video the man <laughs> Slides the Coca-Cola off enough that when he does live, every time I've seen him do like a live show where he's just talking to people, they ask him like, how many Cokes have you thrown off the table? And he's like, you know, surprisingly enough, zero. I have figured that shot out so that it does like the slides and hits the wall. Uh, he then whips the whips the uh, the knife around, cuts the thing. And then I have weighed all of these. And he, every time he feels the need to explain to you, yes, I have factored in the, the wrapping. I have set the pair <laughs> on the scale. Because clearly at some point he did not explain that and people barraged him. And he was like, no. Uh, he then like, weighs it. Bro, goes I've got four cameras in my car. You think I'm not going to deal with the tear weight of the wrapper? Right? That's how serious he takes this. Uh, he then reweighs it, does all the numbers, explains to you again how much it actually costs, shows you a picture of the promotional against what he's holding. This is what they tell you it's going to look like. This is what it actually looks like. This is cut open what their promotional photos would lead you to believe you're going to get. This is what you actually get. Uh. Then he'll say he'll like he'll talk about how it traveled pretty well. But to find out, let's check out the sneakadoodle bite. The sneakadoodle bite, Chris, he goes back to the old shot in the car, up in the corner where he freshly bites it, having just received it, while him in the studio, not stopped, he leans to the side and points at where the box would be and does it as one shot. He doesn't freeze frame himself. He just holds his breath and points at what he's eating. <laughs> It's amazing. And then he finally takes a bite of it and he says, all right, it's time for the Joe is hungry bite test, bite test engaged, and then takes a bite of it and then talks to you about it and rates it on a scale from one to 10 uh, with a, a, a blank point blank with the tens number uh, in there. It is unbelievable. <laughs> it is. And I think you and I specifically have had this conversation. I believe when YouTube is at its best, it is well-produced what would have been uh, public access television. Yes. No, I, I completely agree with this. Yes. It is, it is when you do something that no gatekeeper in their right mind mm -hmm. would have paid money toward or helped produce, but you just believe in it so hard yep. that you're like, 
we're we're just gonna go ahead and do this out of my basement and we're gonna throw everything at this and yep. commit to the bit uh, in a way and then you get something so wholly unique you cannot get it anywhere else that is 449 videos and 80,000 subscribers. <laughs> I it because I saw it on uh, what was Twitter, what is now X, where some random person I didn't know, some random like young influencer with hundreds of thousands of people that got fed to me through all the stuff, went, if any one of you ever went this hard on a video, you deserve a million followers. Follow <laughs> this man now. <laughs> None of you go this hard. None of you 20 million subscriber things go this hard. And I went, well, I got four minutes to see. And I was sold. They do not go this hard. If I, in my whole content production career, had ever gone this hard, I would be on basic cable right now. That's what an amazing job this guy does. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. Like, I think about what it would take to produce that video. I think about... The, the shots you have to get, the work you have to do, the absolute uh, lift of making that video, of, yeah. of not using editing tricks to fix that one shot, of, of making sure that uh, you have outfitted your car and set your shots properly. Because you, can you can't redo that. You got to pull through. You got to get it in one. I would lose my mind. Yeah. Like... Like I've worked in video like now and then in my content creation career and it drives me crazy because there's so many little stupid things that can go wrong. And yet this person has done it 449 times. Yep. I just, I don't have words because I'm with where you are. I realize what this has to be. And I've watched one or two of his live things where he'll talk to people. And most people figure he's a retired guy that was probably in television. And he was, you know, he was like, oh, you know, he was a video guy or something. And every time he's like, no, I've always kind of been a mechanic most of my life. But I, I saw this and I really wanted to try it. So every time I see something new or fun, I just start watching other YouTube videos and learn how to do it. <laughs> so like, because the thing to remember is you're right. The, the How hard it is to do the like shot in shot, but I'm going to just not breathe. Uh, but then he also shows you through the disassembly and reassembly of the burger that he can do high end editing. He chooses not to. Right. And like, like knowing that that's a decision is so amazing. The first time I thought it was a freeze frame and finally a friend of mine was like, Bruce, he's breathing. Stare <laughs> at him and not the box he's pointing at. It's a magic <laughs> trick. He's breathing while he does it. And I looked and I was like, oh, my God, every t- every once in a blue moon, something will break. And he'll kind of acknowledge it like he'll wink at you for a second. You know, it's almost like one of the um, the human uh, statues you'll see where if a human statue kind of loses what they're doing for a second, they'll break the bit every once out of about 40 videos, <laughs> like either his hand will cramp or something and he'll kind of like wink at you for a second and then get right back to it. But stunning, stunning. Wow. Yep. That is unbelievable. Agreed. Agreed. That you, is the- you, you brought me into this conversation and you said, we're probably going to talk about this for two minutes. There's not much to talk about. It's, you know, we'll just kind of lead off with it. It'll be fine. I am obsessed with this and yeah. I haven't even watched one yet. It is uh, youtube.com slash C to give you channel slash Joe is hungry. That's it. And you will find him. Uh, you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, 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 I cannot wait to. I love a good fast food content anyway. Right. But this takes it to the next level. Because when you first describing it, I was thinking of like, oh, it's it's the, like that guy that was in that one viral video in Five Guys. Like, oh, it'll be something like that. No, this is completely the next level beyond. Yeah. And the final thing to note is this guy, clearly he doesn't want copyright strikes. So he takes whatever like music he can get that's free. Mm-hmm. But the music he plays is hard as hell. Like every time, like if he really wants to throw it back, he'll give you some dubstep. But almost everything he plays sounds like it is the backing track for like a Doja Cat song. Like every time you're like, this is not a real track. And I'm like, I guess not. It's not some house track. But like all of it is like house and hardcore and with his cat. Uh, like frolicking around, like walk up, walk up, walk up, walk up. Before we get into Joe is hungry, so I mean, there's nothing about it. Everything's amazing. Joe is hungry. Check it out on YouTube. Oh, good lord! I will be with, doing that very soon. And with that transition, with Joe talking about just all of our corporate food overlords, I happily hand it to you to talk about our second topic. All right. I'm excited to talk about this, uh, and I've been wanting to kind of debrief on this in a more detailed way uh, for a while. I was lucky enough uh, to recently take a trip to Las Vegas, uh, visited the World Series of Board Gaming, uh, did a performance of Mall Night Long out there. So we'll do that plug at the end. Don't worry. We'll get to the promos. Um, But while I was in Vegas, I had to go to a place called Omega Mart which is a place that I had heard about uh, through social media, through other people. Uh, you know, a couple of people in my Facebook feed had visited and posted some fun pictures. And uh, I wanted to talk about this experience because it is beyond uh, anything that I've experienced. It was easily the highlight of my entire trip to Las Vegas. Um, I know it's something that you're curious about uh, because you've heard about this organization and I will note on the show here, I literally talked about what you're going to talk about as a concept of a cool thing I learned about one week with no knowledge. So if in the past I did talk about Meow Wolf's Omega Mart, that is what you're going to be talking about. So we're going to revisit it with a person who's actually gone to see it. Yes. And I feel like I should give a spoiler question mark warning because okay. I'm going to talk in as much detail as I can about this, I'm not going to worry about whether or not it ruins anything for you because I feel like I could probably talk about this thing for four hours and not cover everything and not adequately capture the experience in a way that you would still not be blown away if you went to this place. Oh, that sounds like, amazing. Like, like, you don't understand is <laughs> the best I can come up with. Um, Very good. If... You want to get a sense of this? Uh, one good place to do is to go to Meow Wolf. I can't say Meow Wolf's uh, YouTube channel. Yep. And just look for the Omega Mart playlist. Uh, there's a number of commercials they did for this attraction, uh, which look like 1980s era uh, sort of grocery store commercials, except they're super weird. Uh, <laughs> you can find uh, training videos for staff, which are like kayfabe training videos for omega mart staff these are videos that are played inside the attraction but they kind of put it up there as a teaser um and i think this will give you a good sense there's one uh compilation of commercials in particular that i think it really gets it across and i'll send you the link afterward if you want to put that in the notes but uh that's a good place to start check out their social media for omega mart the youtube channel especially will give you a good flavor of this but the idea of it is it's 
a supermarket, but it's a weird supermarket. And I think the best way for me to describe this is to just kind of take you chronologically through my experience with this. Uh, So this is in Las Vegas. It's in a place called Area 15, which is a big black box (laughs) in the middle of the desert. The best way I could just, it's a big black box just off the highway. It has signage outside that says Area 15 does not exist. You can kind of hear a dull roar inside, but you don't really get a sense of it. But it's just this big, dark black box. And so I have my ticket. I go inside. They they do the metal detectors or whatever. I open the door. And I'm not prepared for the sensory overload before you've gone in. <laughs> I open the door to Area 15, which has a number of different attractions in it. It's got like an arcade and some other art installations and shops and things. And it is a sea of black light. Like it is a rave when I open this door. Like it's almost cartoonish opening the door and just sudden rave hitting you in the face. Uh, <laughs> lights and colors and loud. And okay. So I kind of a, take a second to adjust to that. And keep in mind, this is day three or four of my trip. I'm a little sleep deprived. Uh-oh. been eating a lot of pancakes. Uh, <laughs> I'm by myself. So... I'm not like a hundred percent like, like I'm not a party dude, but, uh, you know, after three or four days of pancakes and sleep deprivation, it, it, it puts you a little off kilter. I was not prepared Absolutely. for the sensory overload before I've even gone to the attraction, but you approach, you see the giant Omega Mart sign. Uh, there's a line outside and you immediately see all the ads for the strange products outside, like the, uh, vape juice flavored root beer flavored vape juice or um, um, so uh, or like the uh, apples which are particularly happy apples or um, who told you this was butter uh, that sort of thing so it's, you know it's fun jokey kind of like artistic stuff because Meow yeah. Wolf is is uh, they create these attractions but they're very much an art collective is the best I can I can come up with Um so you make your way into the market. You have a chance to buy what they call a boop card, which is a $3 uh, little plastic card that you can use. Uh, it's optional to buy this, but you, you if you've spent the amount of money that it takes to get into Omega Mart, you can afford another yeah. three bucks. It's going to be fine. Um, and it activates little kiosks around and they tease you that you can solve the mystery of Omega Mart because this is not just an art installation. It's an alternate reality game and it has an ending you can potentially find. So I go in and it looks like a supermarket, but almost immediately you notice that some of the products are very, very strange. Like the, there's a wall of laundry detergent with names like plausible deniability laundry detergent <laughs> or uh, or Vanta laundry detergent that turns all your clothes black. Um, nice. <laughs> oh, very inside. Most of these things are things that you can actually buy. If, if you can't buy it, it's bolted down. And it'll have a price that's clearly not a real price, like a weird mathematical formula or just a bunch of ones or something. But if it has what looks like a real price, that's a real thing that you could buy. So there's cans that say schadenfreude. You can buy a can of schadenfreude. Um, There's universal chocolate, which looks like a universal remote, but it's chocolate. Um, uh, The cereal aisle is hilarious. There's uh, one that's called Simply Does Not Contain Spiders, uh, which... (laughs) Uh, and so it's, so 
they encourage you to like pick these things up and examine them because it's it's yeah. a piece of art, right? Uh, you're mm-hmm. looking at these things and and it's this very sort of strange corpaganda. And there's videos playing everywhere saying that everything contains the mysterious additive S, right? Yeah. So that's kind of your first teaser of what's going on. So I already it's crowded, like you know it's bright, but I'm enjoying like looking at all these strange, weird products. Uh, and I get to the produce section and. You know, the produce is is extra strange, like strawberries that are shaped like pretzels and like apples with faces and and things like that. And there's a video playing on the wall and it's like the story of Omega Mart. And it is the founder, Walter Dram. Uh, he is going to a place called Plenty Valley, which is in the middle of the Las Vegas desert. But it's green and it's plains. And uh, it's these farmers called the Abundantites that are making this amazing produce. And he partners with them to create the Plenty Valley produce and launch the Omega Mart brand. And they're telling the story of this and his daughter's in it. And it's a very sort of corpaganda 1980s thing. The video loops around, starts again, but then it glitches out and it's the CEO like, oh, no, it's starting again. And it's glitching back and forth between this corpaganda video and him in some strange plane of existence, trying to escape. Wow. And he is somehow trapped and it is creepy AF. And these videos are long and I'm standing there just staring dumbfounded as this crowd of people around me picking up lemons with eyeballs on them and cans of crystal pepper and (laughs) things like that. (laughs) And, 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 uh, nut-free salted peanuts, just cans of salt that you can buy. Like, uh, so all this stuff is going on around. And so I finally, I finished this video and I'm, and now I'm a little creeped out. And, and so I'm walking around and I find my way upstairs to the break room where employees uh, can take a break. And they're showing the training videos on the wall. These are the ones that you can watch on YouTube. Yep. And it's all things like what to do if you find a spill that's a portal to another dimension. And what cone do you put up? And what to do if your customer doesn't understand where their arms end and their cart begins, that sort of thing. Um, Just so it's weird and procedural stuff. Right. And there's this whole bulletin board with all these sort of in character notices and things. There are maybe hundreds of hours of things to just read in this place. And so I'm reading this stuff and there's like a locker behind me and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm running out of stuff to look at, but maybe, uh, you know, I can explore these products some more. And then somebody goes to the locker and pulls on the locker door and it opens the wall. <laughs> it opens a secret passage. I go into the secret passage and this place is five times as big as you think it is. Uh, <laughs> you go in and now you're in the corporate offices where they're testing the products and there's these really weird videos of people getting these products tested on them. Uh, and if you know in the right places to look on YouTube, you can find a couple of these that have snuck out. Um, and you're in the human resources area and you can log into people's computers and read their HR files and dig through all this stuff. Um, and you're learning more and more of the lore of this place, how the, the CEO's daughter, Cecilia Dram, has taken over the company after Walter's quote unquote on retirement. Um, as, and so at this point, there's no windows. It's all lit by weird neon lights in the ceiling. And I'm like, 
I'm sleep deprived. I'm full of pancakes. <laughs> I have probably 60 minutes left in this place before I pass out. So I'm now, I'm now giving up on solving the mystery because I'm not going to make it that long. I'm just going to take it <laughs> in as much as I can. I better find the exit so that I know where to go when it's time for me to just be done with this place and yeah. get out. I can't find where I came in. I, it is as house. though that door has disappeared behind me. And that could be the way they built the place. It could just be my brain freaking out from this place because I'm going down this hallway and there's these doors with labels like the internet and, <laughs> and you open another door and it's just full of fog and lasers and, <laughs> and I keep walking and now I'm in the desert. It's seven monolith desert. And the, the guy's brother runs a gas station and it's got all this lore about these aliens who landed here thousands of years ago. And they brought something called the source with them. And the source is, is this additive they're putting in the product, but it's getting angry because it doesn't want to be contained and it's highly addictive and there's all this stuff. There's a daughter of <laughs> that she can't leave. And so she's started a resistance movement against the market. I am lost. I can't find where I am. Um, I look down the hall and I see these melted Coke bottles. They're just weird melted Coke bottles. And I walk through and the melted Coke bottles start getting straighter and straighter and then all of a sudden they still sort of normal and I turn around and I'm back in the market <laughs> where the laundry detergent was. And the way they set the perspective of this wall is that you don't notice that entrance when you walk in. It looks just like a flat wall. Wow. So I, so I take a big breath and I walk right back in. And it's <laughs> <laughs> now I know how to get out of this place. And now I can try to to dig in a little bit. There's there's like this whole thing with like there's the door to uh, where the source well is. And if you figure out the right lore and stuff, I look some of this stuff up after and you yeah. turn the knobs in the right way. You get a message from the CEO. Uh, there is a way that you can join the resistance. And if you do everything <laughs> right, then there's an ending that happens in the market uh, and or you can join Cecilia's plan, which she talks about in this sort of TED talk to help the entire human race evolve beyond the need for desire into beings of energy or something. It's it's if there's this slide, which I think may be closed now, uh, okay. but at least in some accounts, you go down the slide and the employee at the bottom thanks you for adding your human element to the source. And it turns out they're harvesting something from you and adding it to this additive that they're putting in all the products. Wow. And it was absolutely the wildest experience <laughs> I've certainly had in my 40s, definitely my 30s and 40s. Possibly my entire life. The, oh, that's amazing. The depth of detail in this place. The way that they really encourage you to dig in and explore. There's there's probably hundreds of artists that made this whole thing. Mm -hmm. There's there's 
a sense of immersion that you get because of how much detail that they put in, how every computer terminal has a whole bunch of icons you can click on and just stand there and read, how there's all these videos throughout the place. Some of them are very obvious, like storytelling videos that are there to give you major parts of the plot and others yeah. of it's stuff that you find, uh, like a game where you're trying to like figure out how to close portals. It's like a training thing. Um, uh, there's a whole wiki that you can look up to try to get some of this if you miss some pieces, which I absolutely did because there was too much. Yeah. Um, there is a not so hidden, hidden bar that you can go into, which I missed because I was so uh, just overwhelmed by the whole experience. But if you find your way in and, and it's pretty easy to find your way in, uh, they will serve you a drink where they spray what looks like Windex into it. And <laughs> like, uh, that sort of thing. Um, if you talk to the employees, which I did not do because I was so overwhelmed, <laughs> they're all in character. Yeah. Sometimes they'll give you clues and stuff. A couple of them might be working for the resistance in the market and might give you some, uh, fun lore there. Um, but they have clearly put so much effort into this experience. It was worth absolutely every penny. And it was, you know, less expensive than some tickets that you can get in Vegas. Um, but the only regret that I have about the place is that I did not take home a good souvenir because at, by that point in my trip, my credit card was already on fire. It was like, <laughs> these pancakes are very expensive. I've had a lot of them. So I, I may go to the shop and not everything in the store is on their online store, but there's a, a fun selection of things to look at if you go to the Omega Mart official website and uh, check out some of the merch. And it can kind of give you a sense of the sorts of things that you'll see without giving the whole farm away. Um, there are so many details that I missed. Uh, it's worth checking out maybe a video of somebody who's walked through, but it I don't think it's spoilable. You can't really understand this experience until you go and do it. Even so, having heard your account and having watched a couple of videos, uh, and and having looked into it because I'm such a fan of what this looks like, it is. I can also tell you that some of the stuff you're going to find in the store are made by artists, and it's just like an artist makes fifty of a piece, and the fifty pieces are all on the hang tags at the Omega Mart. Um, there's one artist that I follow called Obvious Plant. Yes. And what Obvious Plant's whole deal is, is it looks exactly like a retail item, but it's real messed up. And at one point, it was 50% of a run went to the Omega Mart, the other 50% he sold. And it was a full action figure package of just one doll leg. And it said, <laughs> it's leg. It help you. It's leg. Don't worry. It man leg. It's leg. And that was everything <laughs> the packaging said. And on the back, it said something like, don't worry, it's a man leg. We wouldn't put woman leg in packaging. Nothing <laughs> is real. Neither is this. And that's what's on everything Obvious Plant is. But a lot of yeah. Obvious Plant stuff is in there. Yeah. Oh, there's, uh, there was an energy drink on the uh, shelf. And it was called Wake Up Energy Drink. And if you pick it up, it says things like, wake up. What are you doing? You're trapped. Wake up. None of this is real. You need to wake up right now. <laughs> Like, um, and, and that was also curiously enough next to the cans of liquid death, the only real product in the entire market <laughs> because, because liquid death is so messed up. It just fits 
<laughs> For those who don't know, this, you can get this at the convenience store right now. It's in among the energy drinks and bottled water. It's just a can of of Arnold Palmer or whatever that's just called Liquid Death and has messed up cool art on it. And apparently it's just cool enough to be sold on Omega Mart shelves as is. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know to talk about how in-depth... So there are several Meow Wolves, and each of them yes. are a different thing. The original one was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, built in an old bowling alley. And that is, I believe, the House of Eternal Return. And essentially, it's a bowling alley. You walk in, and then you are in the front yard of a house. Like, to the point to where your your body can't understand that you're not in front of a house at night. Like, it's got that feeling. Like, like a lot of the Vegas casinos, you'll also notice yeah. because you were just there. If you're inside a lot, like, if you're inside the, oh, God, I'm trying to remember which one it is. The Venetian. I went the first time with a young lady that had been to Venice. And she, like, stood there for a second. She was like, this is uncanny. And I was like, what? She was like, I've stood here. She was like, the only problem. And she sort of pointed out in the distance. She was like, there's a neon sign over there. And we looked over. She was like, for a Krispy Kreme. She was like, that wasn't there. <laughs> she was like, but everything else. She was like, I'm not saying the stores are the same. But this feels like I was in Venice right here. And Meow Wolf is super good at doing that thing to your body and your senses where you don't know what's going on anymore because you don't know inside or outside and they figured it all out. I know there's one at the one in Colorado. Yeah, that's uh, the the Q dot. What's the name of it? Uh, Quantum something. Uh, God, now it's going to make me crazy. I know there's one of the tricks there is you have to have the card. You have to use the card because that one has an ATM. You have to use the ATM. The ATM receipt will give you a code if you find a certain room, it will open up a piano in the room where then music will show up on a screen that didn't have music. And if you have someone in your group that can play a piano, they can play the piano and then the piano will become a player piano that takes over. And then it starts to show you messages where the music was like, but you have to have known to go to the ATM, had the card for the ATM held onto the receipt, realized later when you need a secret code, it was on your receipt opened up the room, did whatever the code was to get the music to come up, and then had someone that knows how to play the piano. Convergence Station, the there name of it. Um, and, and and I looked up just some of that stuff, and, and yeah. that seems really interesting by itself, too, uh, and has all kinds of wild things going on and a weird subplot and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's that level of depth. Like, yeah. this is not a 60-minute escape room. Um, if you go to any one of these, I can only speak for Omega Mart, but it seems pretty clear that the others are, are of this level of depth. Yeah. You need to have at least a couple hours set aside and you need to not eat pancakes for a week. You need to, <laughs> you need to be ready to really dig and explore. And, and I think if I'd have really understood that uh, a little bit better before my visit, I probably would have been more okay with standing in front of a video screen for nine minutes because that's what you do there. It's understood yeah. that you you stay a while, you explore, yeah. you dig in because uh, everything there is meant to be really deeply appreciated. It, it's, it's not a transactional kind of place. And yeah. for me, that was kind of the one Las Vegas moment that really felt like real deal. This is the Las Vegas I understand from the movies. 
because okay. I ate in some casinos and it was airline food, essentially. Yep. Right. Um, you know, I went to a couple places that were pretty cool, but, you know, it's it's never exactly like it is. That place felt like that level of excess yep. that you would expect. Um, I, I cannot oversell this. It, it is absolutely bonkers. It was a great experience. That is a, I want to check that one out. And then the one in Sugarland, Texas, that is mall themed. It is. Oh, you got my mall. attention already. So uh, it's that's literally the one in... built into one of the like major mega malls. Like there's all of them that are called um, Mills, the mm-hmm. Mills Group. Um, I have one near me called Arundel Mills, where uh, in Arundel Mills, there's a bunch of entertainment and the movie theater is Egyptian. Like it's a pyramid and there are Egyptian statues and everything in it because it was always built. The Mills Group places are usually built to be kind of bonkers. Uh, Grapevine Mills or Grapeland Mills has it in there. And since they know they're in a mall, like if you walk at the right time, there are mall walkers that are all dressed weird that will say kind of quasi weird <laughs> things and give you like stickers. And they're like, all right, everybody, we're just trying to get done what we have to do. Here you go. Walk that mall. Walk that mall. Walk that mall. Here's a sticker. Walk that mall. But it's like 10 of them. And is at a point in the floor, they'll say the thing. So it's like, walk that mall. Walk that mall. Walk that mall. Walk that mall as they all pass by and then walk back into the attraction. Wow. Yeah, so it is. Uh, that one is apparently I don't I haven't seen more into it other than the mall walkers at the front. But there's something they know they're in a mall and they're playing with that trope. I mean, the fact that that meow wolf in a mall that's all I need. Yep, like that's I'm, I'm in. I don't need any other information. I'm gonna look up the information. <laughs> I've been excited to see this. The only thing I want to ask you about because you were there is, did you see the giant robot, the collapsed robot in front of Area 50 or an area front of Area 15? I did not. I should have been paying more attention, um, but it sounds like something I should have noticed. So it's one of those. I, from what I understand, like I've only it's a an iron giant has been fell outside, like a full multi-story iron giant is collapsed, and like if you get close, you can hear a radio signal. Oh, interesting. And, and then there's some kind of like plaque in front of him. That I've heard if you know, if you really know what you're doing, that plays in somehow, but no one's figured out how that I've seen. And once again, I've looked a little bit. It sounds like I've done more research than I have. I haven't. <laughs> but a lot of people were like, there's no way there's a dead iron giant outside with like a transmission going that isn't a part of what's going on in that building. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things like you, they've talked about possible expansion to Omega Mart. And there's like rumors that maybe at some point you'll be able to open the source door and there'll be more stuff behind there. Like there'll be more things to do. Um, So and and I would believe that. I mean, the expansion content, if they've got the space for it, what a great way to get people to come back is. Oh, definitely. You've already gotten this experience, which you can't even really get it in one. I don't think I think there's going to be things that you're going to miss if you go. But then opening up a whole nother area like a new game plus kind of thing yeah. uh, would be just phenomenal. And, and I, there may even be things that people haven't figured out yet, or if they have, it's so rare that the word hasn't got out for whatever reason. I um, could definitely, from what I understand of it, that makes sense. Yeah. But I think, you know, overall, if you're like me and you, you're limited on time, but you want to just take it in, you don't want to do the ARG stuff. You can certainly do that. Uh, there is certainly a game to be played there. There is an ending that you can get. Uh, it does probably take a few hours of work to get there and you got to be the 
in a place where you're ready to pay attention, to take notes, to really dive in and, and figure this stuff out. But it can be done. Um, so you can decide on what level of uh, commitment you want to have to that. But I'll tell you, at either level, you can enjoy this attraction. You don't need to have the time to really finish it, quote unquote, in order to really appreciate it. Uh, and there's enough that you can look up after the fact to fill in a few blanks and get enough of the rest of the story that it kind of will put some things together for you. Uh, but at minimum, go look up those videos because they're funny and wild all by themselves. Which I can say I certainly have done. I am ex I'm happy to meet the man that's met Omega Mart. That makes me <laughs> that makes me very happy and pushes even harder wanting to do like a Vegas and then up to Colorado trip to kind of catch the two of them that are out there just to see what the differences are and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've been told that, uh, you know, there are links between the two that they're in the same sort of uh, meow verse. Uh, nice. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily like a greater Avengers type story, but there's probably references from one to the other uh, that you might be able to pick up on. So. And for me, I just want to be in that level. I very much am a kind of person that enjoys that level of discomfort if I know I can escape anytime I want. Right. So I love art installations that kind of like make my shoulders hurt a little bit. You know, we're like just your fight or flight's not fully kicked in. You're not like going to punch a zombie, but you're like something's not right. I kind of like that feeling if I know I can leave it. Buddy, you're going to get there here because that was because because I was not in the right mental space. And I got that like immediately, like, Oh, something's up here. <laughs> like, uh, and, and I will mention too, and this is something that's on the website that although there are places where you might need to get down and crawl to get to somewhere or things like yeah. that, there are 88 acceptable ways to get to everywhere. So if there's something with a weird slide or set of stairs or something you have to climb, uh, and you're somebody who can't do that for whatever reason, there is another direction you can go to get to nice. whatever it is that you're leaving to get to. I, I think the entrance that I came out of is sort of the alternate version of if you go to the freezer to get a cola and you pull yeah. the door it opens up into this desert area. So that's an, that, that's a secret entrance that I didn't discover until after the fact, uh, I happen to go in just the other way around. Um, so, uh, and I'm glad that I did. I'm glad I stayed long enough so that somebody else went through the secret entrance and I was like, Oh, who knows if that was an employee kind of signposting it for me or just another citizen who, uh, helped a guy out. But, um, but that was, that was an important, moment in my trip i think had that person not nice. pulled on that door and opened that secret passage i would not have really fully experienced what was there to see that, it's just and and how great is it that we are at a place where even uh tourist traps have become postmodern? i'm not even no a tourist trap is a thing that you put there to extract money from unsuspecting tourists. A tourist trap is, I hate to say it, the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. You go and you see it and it's fine and you've <laughs> paid for it and it's done. Uh, it is the biggest McDonald's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is mostly empty space. That is a tourist <laughs> trap. This is, in my opinion, uh, an experience like none other that I've had. It is fully immersive art. It is a show... And, and a self-contained world 
that you can enter uh, that is far beyond the value of any state fair or any amusement park or anything that I've been to before. It is phenomenal. I am super excited to check it out. And speaking of checking out things, Chris, where can everybody check you out and find all the things that you are still working on? All right. So uh, I am at Table Flips U on most of the socials, including Blue Sky, if you're there. Um, and uh, you can, if you are a person who loves dead podcasts, you can check out the Flip the Table podcast, which is still out there. It's a, it's a show that is about cheesy, weird, and obscure board games and hasn't been produced in several years. Uh, but if you want to see what I'm doing currently, uh, I am a virtual game show host. Uh, I host a show called Mall Night Long. It's not your typical game show where you tune in on YouTube and play it. It is a show for hire. So you and your friends, uh, for the cost of dinner and a movie, can have me entertain you for a couple of hours uh, with your own private personal experience where I make you feel like you're on a Hollywood game show that takes place inside of a mega mall. Speaking of shows that take place in mega malls, uh, and uh, it's got comedy, it's got uh, the kind of trivia that's not going to be too intimidating, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and if you would like to book that uh, or find more information about that, uh, you can go to facebook.com slash mall night long or send me an email at play at gmail.com. If you want to book that, there's no fancy website or anything. You just get in touch and we'll figure it out. Very good. As a person that has played mall night long, you need to book this for your holiday parties that don't have a whole lot of people. Uh, if you have a get together that is a few of your friends, you are not going to do better than Mall Night Long. I promise you. Uh, and and being another person in the industry, especially for the price, uh, I will I will be the first one to say that it is. He's not kidding. It's it's dinner. As a matter of fact, I would say if six of you are sitting in your house and you bring Chris in on your screen, the dinner you get from Grubhub <laughs> is likely the most expensive part of your night. Uh, and do it because it's really a fantastic experience if you like the idea uh, of game shows and malls being put together. If you hate all of that, I'll tell you. Then you're not here. If you're, you hate yeah. all that, you're not listening to this. You checked out yeah. from this 10 hours ago Yeah, when we, when we were talking about Hungry Joe. <laughs> <laughs> if you made it through Hungry Joe, this is an experience that you're going you're gonna to appreciate. Absolutely. Uh, I'm Bruce. You can find me all at Bruce Co. Thinks on what used to be Twitter and probably eventually on other spaces or uh, Instagram is the one that I still actually hold. That's like quasi relevant, but not very relevant, but is quasi relevant. And I'm Bruce Vogue, B-R-U-C-E-V-O-G-E -E, uh, right there. We will be back in some amount of time that theoretically we tell you is two weeks. But as Donald always likes to remind me is not two weeks anymore for our next episode of Fortnightly. Remember, if you know anything about any of this, about Joe is Hungry or about uh, Meow Wolf or Omega Mart, you want to talk about it, by all means, please let us know. If you have something out there that you want to talk about, let us know. We'd love to have you on the show to discuss whatever the thing is that sort of tickled you for the last two weeks. Once again, it has been my absolute honor, Chris. Thank you so much for being a part of the episode. Absolutely. Always great to catch up with you. Always great to uh, just word vomit about my favorite experiences. <laughs> uh, and this is the great place to do it. And thank you to all of you out there for listening uh, to all of our word vomit. Have uh, have a great day, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Have a great day. It's been four Bye. <laughs> That's how you stick the landing. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? We did 54 minutes of fantastic content. If that's where I messed it up, I think I can take it as largely. I'm, I'm good with that, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 License. Thank you.